The Word of God is meant for practical living on the earth. It is the proceeding word from the mouth of God that defines us, informs our activities, and shapes our behavior. Do you treat the Word of God as a manual or as a meaning? Welcome to Kingdom Conversations, where we break the Word down to actionable points, where we expound on what the Word is saying to us. Every one of us is able to hear our Father, God, clearly at whatever level we are at and draw out truths that can shift our reality and transform our day-to-day lives. This is the Cyrus Community. We continue talking about God or Father. And remember we said that we do not have two gods. We do not have an Old Testament God and a New Testament Father. What we have is an Old Testament perception and a New Testament revelation. When we talk about God in the Old Testament, they had a perception of God. There's a way they saw God. There's a way they interpreted him. But in the New Testament, we see Jesus come and give us a new revelation of this same God. So we are not separating and saying there's a time you deal with God as the creator and father in a relationship. All right. Now, to talk about father, to transition from God to father, we are looking at the names of God. And these are names that we have dealt with, we have spoken, we have prayed with in fact i'll say with because <laughs> most of us christians know the names of god now we are looking at these names of god and saying hey 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 wait there are five there are seven other people say 16 others even 900 names of god now we asked a question last week are these really the names of god and of course we saw they're not we continue <laughs> looking at these names we've talked about five names and if you can look at the last conversation to catch up because today we go back to a powerful name of God, yes. El Olam. El Olam. Yes. And that is where we go back to yes. because I think we didn't do justice. We didn't yes. finish yes. with El Olam. Yes. We need to look at yeah, it again. We started it, yeah? but we need to expand it. Well, we can now, look at it again. This, that, this, yeah, this, conver- this conversation we said is, is at Beersheba. Mm-hmm. And it's a place where Abraham calls on this name of God. Yes. But we said a bit about this and we'll repeat that. that yes. The conversation began with um, the king of the Philistines wanting Abraham to have an agreement with him for protection. In other words, what has happened? In Beersheba, it's important for you to see why this king wants this because Abraham has now, Isaac is born, God's promises have been kept. Okay. So because of that, now this king wants this conversation and it is in that place the Bible tells us what Abraham did. So we'll read the verse again for us to catch up with what Abraham actually did. Genesis 21:33. Then Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba and there called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. Yes, which is the term El Olam, which we're looking mm-hmm. at. Now the term El Olam, we said, is an everlasting God or the eternal God. Now the Hebrew word for Olam simply means always, forever. I mean, sometimes you can say for a long time, but a long time assumes that you can measure. Yes. But it is better to say always, forever. Forever. So this term El Olam reveals God as the everlasting God, mm. a God without beginning or end. Now, why would Abraham use the name El Olam specifically at this point? Not that before encountering Abimelech, mm-hmm. Sarah has given birth. Okay. So remember what we dealt with. 
We dealt with El Shaddai, God of the impossible. Mm -hmm. Then Adonai, God watches over his word to make sure he protects and brings to pass what he says. Okay. He maintains his promise. Yes. Now at this point, Abraham has experienced both El Shaddai yes. Yes. And, Adonai. and Adonai. Now because of that, because of his experience of that, of a God of the impossible, yes. who keeps his word oh, yes. and brings things to pass, he now wants this to become a reality for generations. Okay. So this planting of the tree is not just a simple activity. Hmm. He, he has encountered and now he's seen all these things happen and Abimelech has also seen these things happen. And Abimelech is saying, listen, I want to be with you. Yeah, because because God is I've with you. seen God protects you. Yes, and God, God keeps his promises. Keeps his promises. So I want to walk with you so that I can benefit with that. But before yes. we go to the story of Abimelech and Abraham, let's yes. go back to this story where it says, and there he called the name of the Lord everlasting father mm -hmm. after planting a tamarisk tree. Yes. Now, can you talk about the tamarisk? Yes. Now, why is, is he planting us? And the Bible does not just use terms. Oh, yes. I've said that Abraham planted a tree. He didn't say, need to say a tamarisk tree. Mm -hmm. He plants a tamarisk tree and then he says, El Olam. Oh, yes. He's recognizing. So he's saying, please, I want every time people look at this tree, mm -hmm. I want you to have an understanding of the concept of El Olam, Olam. the everlasting God. Now, this everlasting God has kept promises. So, why would he do this? Now, let me tell you an interesting story about the tamarisk tree. Okay. If you have time, you can look it up. The tamarisk tree, they say it grows one inch per year. And for it to be full grown, it takes 400 years. <laughs> 400 years. Now, I don't know what Abraham is thinking, <laughs> but, but I know a bit of history. Yeah. And we know that 400 years later, God had given a promise mm -hmm. of his descendants being taken out of Egypt. Yes. So it is possible that when they returned, they found a tamarisk tree. So wait, <laughs> let's look at this because we've talked about trees before and of course yes. we're going to have that conversation again where we talk about trees. The Bible starts with a tree Yes. in the garden exactly. and a tree, other trees around it. Yes. We start with the tree of life yes. and the tree of the knowledge mm. of good and evil. Yes. Then if you go to Revelation, we finish with a tree. Mm -hmm. In between Genesis and Revelation, we see different trees mm -hmm. and all of them are named. So trees are key mm. in the life of a believer yes. because in trees are hidden principles that mm -hmm. if we can extract, our lives will be easier in the earth. Yes. So when you come and say a tamarisk tree, yes. and that it takes 400 years, mm -hmm. when you look at the characteristics of this tree, the one thing is that it takes so long to grow. Mm. Now, Abraham is standing with God, and God is saying, listen, from here, your descendants will be taken. Yes. But they will, they will come back here. here. Now, yeah. in this place where Isaac is born, he plants a tamarisk yes. tree. All right? Yes. Taking 400 years. Exactly. So All he's right? planting a tree mm -hmm. that, will, that will outlive him, hmm. but not God's promise. So this tree is a reminder of them when they come from Egypt. God keeps When they his look promises. at this thing. Now let's talk about this thing also. When you talk of uh, 400 years, how many generations are those? That is 20 generations. Okay. So you can imagine how many years those are. Mm -hmm. So think of it this way. Abraham has believed God. Yes. 
and as proof that he believes God, mm. he's put something that will be a reminder to his descendants okay. that God keeps his promise mm. because the truth must have been told generation yeah. by generation. And that's why if you remember when you spoke about the rod of Moses, yes. we, God says, I've heard the cry of my people. Mm. And we said God wasn't responding to the cry. Mm. God was responding to this promise. Yes. And that, let me say, another term for the term of this tree, by the way, mm. is the evergreen tree, meaning it weathers every season. Mm. And when you talk about no the tamarisk tree, the power you it. said that it takes 400 years yes. to grow. Yes. So if Abraham plants it now, and they came from Egypt 430 years later, when they came out, this tree was maturing. It was in full They bloom. found it mature, yes. full matured tree. Exactly. But they came out the time for this tree to mature. Now remember we are talking about trees and we are saying that soon we'll have a conversation about trees. Because if you <laughs> understand trees, you'll be, like, you'll be looking yes. at trees differently. Maybe that's why we like going to yeah, work. That's in why we're in the calendar. We like trees. <laughs> we love a lot trees. of things happen around trees in okay? the Bible. So yes. we are talking about El Olam. Yes. This is now. Yes. Okay. Now, now, we are talking about yeah, Abimelech. Yeah. yeah. So why is Abraham doing this? Mm -hmm. Abimelech has observed him. Yes. And so Abimelech comes and says, listen, eh, I've realized that God is with you, so I want a covenant with you that will protect me. In other words, maybe even my descendants may benefit yes. from this. But the big issue is the picture we are being told. Philistine represents flesh, okay. worldliness, people, opinions, insight. It means when God keeps his word for you, even those who don't believe will believe. Hmm. They will see the fullness. That's why Abimelech is there. Yes. Number two, the tree is going to outlive. Meaning, guys, the promises God has given you will not end with you. Oh. Not only are they, you know many people say, this is for me hmm. and my children. God is telling you, listen, Abraham, 20 generations. That's how serious it is. But when they come from Egypt, yes. the tree is as fresh as the one exactly. Abraham was given. Exactly. So the tree <laughs> remained yes. as a testimony of Olam. Yes. El Olam. Everlasting the God, God. everlasting. Yes. Now, what I find interesting, yeah. go do your own research. I usually do mine. I found some little interesting things. The tamarisk tree has healing properties. Hmm. Naturally, it deals with many things that we deal with today physically. Yes. So the tree wasn't just a tree also. It had medicinal value. So you can imagine coming out of Egypt, coming out of bondage, when you meet this tree, hmm. restoration, healing, bringing you back. That's why it's called an evergreen tree. Can you yeah. imagine a tree that is evergreen? You know, if you tell me today there's a place that they have a tamarisk tree, <laughs> I think I'll travel there. I'm I want to see this tree that takes 400 <laughs> years because this tree does not depend on you. After you are gone, yes. the next person it and the next. Grow. How many ancestors Drought are those? Will Quite come. a number of ancestors. Listen, <laughs> in Abraham's day, yeah? in Isaac's day, yes. in everybody's day, there was a drought. Hmm. People moved away because of a drought and went to Egypt. Because there was famine in the, in land. the land, the tamarisk remained resolute. By the time they came from Egypt, the tree was now in its mature season. And you know what? A reminder that El the everlasting Allah. God, his word does not grow old. <laughs> you do not come now 20 generations later and say, you know what? This word was told to our forefathers. Therefore, it's not more longer powerful. It is still standing. In fact, it's, it's maturing standing. in your time. Yeah. That's how powerful the concept of El Olam. 
Alright? So just the way we said that the term L means mm-hmm. God, God of, yes. it is also important, as we said earlier, that the term Jehovah, as we said, is a transliteration in the last conversation of the term Yahweh. Yahweh. Meaning, so you keep hearing, I am, which is Jehovah. If you didn't get mm. it, please look at the last conversation. Yes. We emphasized on this. But now why are we introducing it here? Because we want to look at terms that carry that term. Mm. Jehovah something. Jehovah something. Mm. Which now begins to bring us into the context of interactions between men and God. And these are some of the names that we know. Yes. Actually, when we mention them, you'll be like, yeah, I know this and I've been using it. Mm. But let's look at it from now a different perspective where we say that God has had uh, an encounter with men. Mm-hmm. And these men have said, listen, because of what I encountered with God, I want to keep this as a memorial. Yes. Therefore, let's start with our name, Jehovah Nisi. Nisi. Jehovah Nisi. Surely, if you're in the generation of, of the word of faith, the charismatic Pentecostal, this is not a new name to you. Mm. The name is Jehovah Nisi, which is correctly translated the Lord, my banner. Here is the problem. Okay. First, this term, this is the only scripture where it's mentioned. There's no other reference for the term Jehovah Nisi. I'm going to qualify why I say that. Okay. It is important to say that because the way we have heard that, when I first heard this term, I thought it's a term you find everywhere in the Bible. Mm. So we're talking about Genesis 17? Yes. So in Genesis 17 is yeah. where this story is found. Okay. Now I have to give the story because it's a complete story. The whole chapter culminates in the understanding Jehovah Nisi. Mm. So you have to read the whole story. You cannot take the last line where Moses uses that term and run with it. <laughs> you have to get the whole context because I'll explain why it's important. Yeah. Because up to now, anybody who's asked who is Jehovah Nisi, you say the Lord is my banner. And some people will say the, the Lord my victory. Yes. The term banner is my victory. victory yeah. And like we said earlier, when you think it's a name of God, you usually call it. Isn't it? He's Jehovah Nisi. I'm praying to Jehovah Nisi because I'm in trouble. Now, tricky. The Genesis 17 is the first and only mention of this term. But you have to get to the background. The background is this. If you look at the story, mm-hmm. people ask Moses for water. God tells Moses to strike the rock. They get water. While they're getting water, a crazy tribe called the Amalekites attack them for no reason. And the war is so fierce, if you know the story, that Moses has to go and stand and hold his rod above his head. And as long as he's holding it, Joshua, who is fighting with the army, yes. defeats Amalek. There's a clue already yes. that this victory we must fight. <laughs> this is not a victory God comes to fight. You see, the way we translated Jehovah Nisi is we think God comes to fight for us on our behalf. No. Jehovah Nisi is we fight. So there's victory, fine. Yes. The banner is high. Meaning, yes. every time you lift up your flag, is yes. to show you are, are at war. We are, are winning. winning. Okay. But this kind of winning, yes. we are the ones who are fighting. Exactly. All right. So there's a whole technology going on here. This war is not just fought aimlessly. Okay. Moses has to hold up his hands. Mm-hmm. In the holding up of his hands, Joshua is able to fight. Okay. So if you read now, let's come now to verse 13 and verse 14. So we now see where that term comes from with the background of a war. And in verse 13, the war is being completed. Now let's understand how does this name come into play. 
So Joshua defeated Amalek mm -hmm. and his people with the edge of the sword. Mm -hmm. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under the heavens. So pause first. Mm -hmm. What has God told Moses to write? Mm. That sentence. Okay. So let's be very careful what God actually said to Moses to do. So God told Moses, write and say this in the hearing of Joshua. Joshua, that he will do what? He will utterly, utterly blot, blot out, out Amalekite. Mm -hmm. Alright, now read verse 15. And Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is my banner. Pause. Okay. What did Moses call the Lord is my banner, Jehovah Nisi, the altar. Mm -hmm. It's important for us to understand that this is not God's name. Hmm. And Moses built an altar uh -huh. and called its name, the altar's name, the Lord is my banner. So, so we're following slowly. God says to Moses, say to Joshua, we, I will blot out. Amalekite. Yes. After Joshua has defeated them, meaning even though Joshua has defeated them, they are not wiped out. Mm -hmm. Yes. They shall, we shall do what? I shall destroy. Future tense. Okay. Okay. So Moses builds an altar and Moses calls the altar, the Lord is my banner. Then he explains what that means. And here's the problem for us because what has been our interpretation of what that means? So, if I were to say, and he called that place mm -hmm. the uh, Jehovah Nisi. Nisi. Okay? For he said, mm -hmm. the meaning, mm -hmm. because the Lord has sworn, mm -hmm. the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. So what does Jehovah Nisi mean? Hmm. The Lord will have war with Amalek from, from generation, generation to generation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he called the altar, the Lord is my banner, because... The Lord has sworn yes. that we will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. That tells me <laughs> that the Lord is my banner is not a protection. Hmm. The Lord is my banner is a technology for defeating Amalek. Hmm. So how do we defeat Amalek when we operate in a technology called the Lord? Is, is my banner. So the Bible talks about the Lord will have war with Amalek. We yes. know there's From no way God will come. It generation. is through us, his yes. hands, his legs, his body, that he will have war with Amalek. Exactly. From generation to generation. Yes. And I like what you're saying. Yes. In this one, we war. Yes. But the only thing we are sure exactly. we will win. From generation to, to generation. generation. Yes. What does that tell you? Are we a generation? Mm -hmm. So are we going to have war with Amalek? Yes. <laughs> so the principle, God has sworn he will defeat. Okay, let's go back to the rod of Moses. God begins the conversation by telling Moses what he's going to do to Egypt. Yes. In the middle of the story, he tells Moses, oh, by the way, everything I've just told you, you will do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So here we are again. Yes. God says he will have war. Yet who has just defeated Amalek? Joshua. Yes. So the Lord is telling you, if I will have war from generation to, to generation, generation, who will have war? So Jehovah Nisi is a war cry. Hmm. Hmm. It is not a cry for help. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> Listen, here when we talk about Jehovah Nisi, yes. we are already announcing, guys. We are at war. We are at war. But you know what? In this war, the Lord has promised, yes. from generation to generation, he will wipe out hmm. the Amalek. Exactly. So we are not supposed to be fearful. And I think we have a book on that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So for you now, yeah. this is what I say. Mm -hmm. 
How do we defeat Amalek? Yes. Get our book on Amazon. <laughs> you are broken down on I that. I put this a long time okay. ago. I knew you will, some will go, some will buy, they won't even read. Okay. Some may not even go, it was a good idea, they loved it. <laughs> but now listen carefully. We will have war hmm. with Amalek from generation to generation. This is an assured war. God swore. Hmm. Hello? God didn't suggest. Yes. We will. That means per generation you must defeat your Amalek. Hmm. TCC, you know very well the hmm. book is there. I don't know how many of you have gotten that book, but it breaks down who the Amalekite is, mm -hmm. what the war is about, mm -hmm. how the Amalekite attacks, and how you're supposed to respond. Simple. The book is... Uh... It's called Dismantling the Amalekite Spirit. Okay. You'll find it on Amazon. Okay. Currently, the version is for Kindle. So download the Kindle software. It's free. Then get the book. Read it. Then let's, con let's have a conversation after you have read it. I'm not going to reteach what we have written. All right. It let's, makes no sense. Let's talk about Jehovah yes. Ra. Yes. So, mm -hmm. the principle behind Jehovah Ra, mm -hmm. and most of us need to understand the concept Jehovah Ra, not Rafa. Ra. Ra. The Lord is my shepherd. Mm. Okay? The Lord is my, my shepherd. Yes. I know we even know the song. This is found in Psalms 23. We know it of it. But I want to understand something. Jehovah Ra, the Lord is my shepherd. That already tells you, by the meaning of that term, mm. God didn't say it. Someone okay. said it. Somebody <laughs> said the Lord, <laughs> Jehovah, yes. my shepherd. Yes, it's not Lord, God talking. Not God talking. It's somebody who have experienced. Yes. Towards Jehovah, the Lord. Now, if God mm. ever spoke to us, he would say, I am. Remember Jehovah means? Yes. I am. To us, when we say Jehovah, we don't say I am, we say he is. Mm -hmm. Okay? So when we use the term Jehovah, we're using the term he is. Yes. When he uses the term Jehovah to talk to us, he's using the term I, I am. am. Are we together so far? On this one, it is a man saying, the Lord is my shepherd. Mm -hmm. Ra means shepherd. Okay. Now, this is Psalms 23. Now, it comes from the term Roe, where the word Ra is derived, which simply means shepherd in Hebrew. Okay. Now a shepherd is one who feeds, leads, protects the sheep. Now, why is this in the Bible and why do we need to know this? This is a revelation that David gets. Mm. How yeah. does he get this revelation? By how he himself took care of sheep. Yes. How he fed them. How he protected them. Mm. How he watched over them. While doing that, he got a revelation that the same way he is looking after sheep and caring for them mm. and protecting mm. them and feeding them is the same mm. way God is his shepherd. Wow. Now he draws from that reality and he extrapolates to how powerful that concept is. Yes. He realizes when the sheep get stuck in the valley, and maybe they are wolves, he comes and gets them out. Mm. He realizes when I walk in the valley, he protects me. Are you seeing how David yes. is transposing yeah. from his own reality to get a revelation of who God is to us? That's how we should be seeing our environment. <laughs> that when I look at what is happening here, yes. I'm able to say, wait a minute. Even though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, Thank you. how did he get that? His yes. sheep yes. walked in the midst of Exactly. And he's saying, listen, I went to get them out. There and I'm go. there to say, none of them will be lost. Exactly. That's what God is saying about you. Yes. So, hmm. what powerful. field are you in? 
Oh yes. How you operate in that field can give you your name for God. Hmm. Hmm. Because when David now is telling us that the Lord is my shepherd, yes. he is telling you, listen, just the same way I've seen how I'm doing yes. this, how I'm taking care of this sheep, exactly. that's how God takes care of me. And of I've me. seen him take care of me. That's the principle. becomes a revelation. That's the principle because when he says, your rod and your staff, they protect me. Where did he get the idea of mm. your staff? Yes. He has a rod, he has a staff. Yes. What is the work of the staff? To cover them and pull them into place. What is mm. the rod? To mm. protect them. Yes. So suddenly the rod and the staff become power symbols for him. So while David is looking after sheep, he's getting a revelation of God. Oh, yes. When and I love the one. Yes. I love the one of he will prepare a table in the midst of my, my enemies. enemies. So yes. when you look at this sheep, in the midst of the enemies. The wilderness. And they eat. They eat. Because David is watching over them. Hmm, listen, even though there are wolves <laughs> that are trying to attack you, I, David, am making sure there you go. I'm protecting you. There you go. God tells you, if you can have that kind of a revelation, you will not wake up and sing a song. The Lord is my shepherd and expect no. him. You will say, listen, I know. By looking at the life of David, I go and take that life and say, my life too. Now, now I can say with confidence, yes. he is my shepherd. Now do you see why? Whatever you do, you should do as unto the Lord. Lord. Because yes. if you do it that way, mm. it will give you a revelation yes. of who God is. Let me tell you, some of the inside revelations yeah. that have transformed us is when you get a revelation of how it is that you think over and about your children. How is it that you watch over their lives? Mm. How it is that you, you, you make the sure they, the best for them? Yes. How is it that you do whatever it takes that they get the best? You get a revelation <laughs> of God yeah. being your father. If you are not a good father, mm. you will struggle with the idea of God as a father. Yes. Listen, it works in everything. Yeah. If you are not kind to people, mm. you will struggle with the reality that God has kindness for you. So if you're not kind to people yes. and you sing Psalms 23 or yes. you quote it because most of the time we always quote, we all yes. know it. This is one of the things we do in Sunday school. Yes. The Lord is my shepherd, I yes. shall not want. And mm. we say all these things. Yes. Now if I am having my own um, life yes. that is not carrying the principles of the kingdom, yes. then I sing this song. It does not change you don't anything. Get it. And that is why when we say it, now when we talk about the attributes that go, uh, that men, the dimensions that men experienced with God, yes. and they called him a name, yeah. if you take that name, but you're not living how they lived. There you go. Please talk about that. Yeah. Here's the difficulty. Yes. You want to understand this song, and you know nothing about shepherding. <laughs> It will not enter. Uh -huh. Even as you use the terms, shepherd, thy rod, thy staff, they have no meaning for that you. That is why people say he's preparing a table in the midst of my haters. Yes, you don't get because it. Because you don't understand what you David don't was talking understand. about. So yeah. what you should be getting a revelation from here mm. is that if David, based on where he was functional, could draw from it and understand God's relationship with him, I should draw from the environment I operate in, mm. some of you will notice that I like using examples like cameras, electricity, yes. power sources, dumps. Why? Those are the things around my world. Mm. And it is in them I'm supposed to get a revelation of who God is. Yes. If that works for you, what is it that you do? What is your special area of operations? Mm. That area, if your eyes open, you'll have your own sum. Mm. Mm. That psalm will be so personal to you 
and so powerful to you because you'll be able to relate it to what is it that you protect? What is it that you look over? What is it that you grow? What is it that you manage? What is it that you preserve? When you look at all those things, you'll get a revelation of God. So you also need to go through, maybe if you read that scripture now, yes. understand the life of David, yes. so that you can pick up principles and say, there you go. this is now my revelation. Yes. So we, when we're sitting here and saying, listen, he is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. I'm not saying that because David said it, not because mm -hmm. it's written. Because most of the time we even say, it is written that God is my it is not what is written. Yes. It is what you have picked from what is written. Exactly. And, and you make it your own life. Yes. So when you say Jehovah is my shepherd, have mm -hmm. you has he become your shepherd? Yes. Is he leading you? Uh -huh. Are you allowing him to lead you? Because you can say he's your <laughs> shepherd, but you are a sheep with your own mind. Yes. <laughs> That's a problem. God is trying to yeah. call you and you are... Exactly. Yeah. So you're struggling even with that scripture. Yes. Because it doesn't make sense to you. Mm. So there are many, many terms, like we said, you could be using the term Jehovah uh, Ra. That's why that term is not very even common. Mm. Yes. Because we have no interface or we have no situation in our life. Yes. So when Jesus says he's the good Shepherd. shepherd. Hmm. It doesn't connect for you. Wow. But if you understood this concept, then you connect. To understand Jesus as a good shepherd, you have to come back to David. Yes. For you to understand the concept. Let's talk about Jehovah Rapha. Aha. Uh -huh. This is another term that we know. Yes, this one we know very but well. But here's the thing. Like we said, we always assume it is his name. Hmm. And that's where we get lost. Okay. So we call upon him. Yet, this is a description of God. And this is a description that was given by Moses to the Israelites. Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord that heals. The Lord that heals. Listen. I am the Lord that heals. He is the Lord that heals. Remember mm. we use the term Jehovah? Yes. So that is a term used of him. Now, how does that dimension of him get involved with man? Mm. That's the most important thing. Not yes. the description, yep. but the interface point. And that is found in Exodus 15:26. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Now, if you read that scripture carefully, yes. you realize it doesn't make sense. I'll say <laughs> that again. I know you've always read it like it makes sense. Yeah. Listen to this statement. Okay. If you diligently hear the voice of the Lord your God, and you will do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments, commandments. and keep all his statutes. statutes. He says, I will put none of the diseases on you. Meaning, disobedience causes the diseases to come on you. Mm. Obedience causes diseases not. not to come on what he had given. Then he says, I'm the Lord who heals you. So the term here is not that you fall sick and get healed. Mm. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make sense. He didn't say, He's already told you that if you obey him, the diseases will not come. Then he says, I'm the Lord that heals, heals you. So the question is, why would he say that? Mm -hmm. He says that because we are men. And I want you to pay attention to what God is actually saying. Okay. Because that sentence, that sentence should read, if you obey me, there will be no disease among you. Mm. So you do not need the term Jehovah Rapha. Mm. Why would you need a God who heals if you're not sick? Okay. Well, why doesn't he just give you another name? I'm the God of perfect health. Yeah. Why does he say who heals? You. You. Because he knows you will fall. Mm. He says, if you diligently heed my voice, he knows you will not. You will not. 
he knows you'll do your own things. Yes. I mean, if you look at the journey of the children of Israel from Egypt after yes. they have been delivered, yes. now they're in the wilderness walking towards the yes. promised land. Mm-hmm. In between, exactly. they have seen God, the fire. Yes. They have seen the cloud. Uh-huh. They have been given water. Yes. They have been fed. Mm. These guys are still murmuring. Exactly. God tells you, because I know man and that's who, yes. who you are, yes. I'm the God who heals you. Now, why is this name powerful? Mm-hmm. Because suddenly it seems like so. What's the big deal? Yeah. This name is powerful because God is showing you something about himself you didn't know. Yeah. He does not intend for you to be, be sick. sick. But he has made arrangements hmm. to heal you because you will fail. Wow. So his wow. intent is to keep you healed. Yes. But when you fail, his intent is to heal you. This is not a punishment scripture. Hmm. Yeah. This is not a scripture that says, if you disobey me, you will be sick. Hmm. No. This is a scripture that says, I want you healed. But just in case you disobey me, I will come. Rafa means to heal, to cure, to restore, hmm. to make whole. To make whole. So even if you mess up, yeah. insurance policy, I will heal you. Hmm. I will God. cure you. So this also removes the mentality yes. that I have messed up, therefore God is punishing is, me. With no. This particular scripture has removed the issue of Completely. God punishing. The Punishment is in our head yes. and we have uh, bestowed it upon ourselves. Yes. It's not God. So when God comes to you, he doesn't come with an accusation hmm. that says, because you disobeyed my commands, yes. because you did this, the disease Therefore. has come on hmm. you. Here is the result of your bad manners. No. God shows up and says, now that you're sick, I already know you I'll, messed up. I, will heal you. I already know what happened. So I have come to heal you. God is so merciful that I'm just thinking. Think of the power. Yeah. Many people who ask, hmm. are you now saying that when we disobey God, we get sick, God will heal us? Listen, he tells you, your man, I'm God. Yes. I'm not in competition with you. Yes. Why? Because God is telling you that, listen, I have a journey. Hmm. I'm on a journey in the earth. Yes. This man, I want him to reach that other side. Hmm. And I know this man on his own, if he gets out of God's uh, covering. Yes. He will be sick. That's it. Therefore, I will heal him. Remember, when, Abra, when Adam uh, ate, yes. and he was placed outside yes. of the garden, yes. in that place, God says, I will heal you, because yes. where you are now, yes. you're not under any covering. Yes, the you're Bible doing says your own thing. God covered him. And most of us, yes. if somebody was to be told, What's your covering right now? Which word is covering you now? You've walked away from the word. You don't have a covering. The covering is the word, all right? You walk away from it. When you walk away, sickness will come. God tells you, listen, I'm merciful. I will heal you. And this is not because you have done or given or did this. God tells you, I am Jehovah Rapha. Absolutely. The one who heals you. Listen, let me say something about this. Many of us have been taught a cast position. Yes. The mindset that because you de- you sinned, you got sick. Because you sinned. No, no, no. Mm. Because you disobeyed an instruction. Yes. Your instruction is, don't go out in the rain with a t-shirt when the <laughs> temperature is eight. Mm. If you disobey that statement, you will do what? You will be sick. It's not a curse. Mm. Is an outcome. When you don't follow the instructions, God didn't give you instructions. Listen carefully. Yes. God didn't give you instructions to obey him. Mm. God gave you instructions to live. 
And the instructions are to protect you. They are for you. They are your instructions. They are your benefit. They are not his. He doesn't need to benefit. Your obedience or disobedience doesn't benefit or cause God trouble. It's for you. Everything is for you. But when you miss your way and something goes wrong, his intent has always been for you to be healed. Therefore, he has made arrangements to heal you, to cure you, to restore you, to make you whole. Let's go back to something you've just said. Yes. When you go outside of God's yes. instruction yes. and you get a situation comes upon you, yes. then you call that a curse. Exactly. Now you're saying yes. that to get that curse broken, yes. curse yes. broken, yep. is get back into the... Exactly. Yeah? Because the idea of a curse mm-hmm. will block you in the arrangement in your head that because you misbehaved, God wants you there. Mm. That is God's prison. It's called a curse. And now you're being punished. You, you think God is like us. Who tells you you're going to know? Now so, you will know. Most of most of the people who are saying they have a curse, yes. it is just a matter of which is the word you're living by. Yes. The word will get you back to the place called yes. if you notice how it starts here. Yeah. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord. Exactly. So the word takes you back that to that place yes. where you heed the word of the Lord. And here's the problem. Yeah. People who are stuck in a curse have invented a God. Mm, please explain. You see, you've invented God the Punisher. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have such a name. He doesn't have such a thing. You've invented God who keeps you in prison. You've invented God who, when you mess up, deals with you. Wow. So you have no way of reaching out to Rafa. Because you already think he's the one doing it. If he has kept me here, how can I possibly... You do not ask your jailer to free you. Wow. You are stuck because you believe it is God who has, who has kept put you there. there. And so that belief is what entraps you. Mm. So you can't even reach out to Jehovah Rapha because you think you don't deserve healing. And that is why God says, I know you can't reach out to me. There so what go. do I do? I send a word I to you. I send you a word. I'm the one who sends my word to you that heals you. Yes. So your healing, God is giving you a word that will get you out of the trap. Exactly. Or rather the place that the yes. devil is trying to keep you yes now let me ask you another one here yeah. there are people who say i'm not prospered or mm. i'm not successful mm-hmm. and it is something in our family exactly. lineage exactly how do you answer that you see that's another problem mm-hmm. same idea because we will come to that name of god yes jire the mm-hmm. provider yes. we will get there mm-hmm. but right now because you brought that up it falls in the same category when you believe that your current status is because of an action you carried out that has offended God. Then your idea of your present position is a position where God has kept you. Okay? Mm. Even if it is poverty. You believe because I messed up, because my father messed up, Mm. because our family messed up, this is the result of our mess up. Mm. So because we're in this result, God put us here. How do we possibly reach out to the oh. same God? So you, you actually now are stuck. Yes. Okay. So what you end up being lied to, mm-hmm. that now that you're here, God is on the outside because you had done something wrong, because mm. you're there because of your action. Mm. God now needs your action to get you out. Mm. So you go into all sorts of rituals. You need to You do go this. into all sorts of A, B, because wow. you're paying God off from the problem. Mm. You're saying, God, how many animals must I kill? Yes. How many goats must I slaughter? Mm. So that I can pay you. So that so I can that get you out can of this. take me 
out mm. because you're the one who put me in prison. Mm. Why we've taken human prisons and converted them to what, how God interacts with us. Wow. Well, God is saying, listen, there is nothing you can do to get out. Mm. Just call out. The Bible says, I am the Lord who heals. Mm. He didn't say, I'm the Lord who responds to your action, then heals you. Mm. Jesus nowhere made a demand on the people he healed. Yes. Actually, he would ask someone, do you want to be healed? Simple. This person gives so many stories and then he says, pick up your bed and walk. Oh. Forget about all those stories. Yes. Now, that kind of God most of us don't know because mm -hmm. we were told your ancestors messed up. You are, you are suffering the sin of your ancestors. Yes. Now, the ancestors are gone. Yes. They, they, <laughs> you can't even allow them to rest in peace. <laughs> They are always turning because you keep calling them and telling them they're the ones who did this. And you know what? No evidence. <laughs> no evidence of That's what? actual madness. Yes. If your dead grandfather did bad things that got you here, hmm. what are the good things that can get you out? Okay. And how do, you, there's no do, record. How do you do good things that yes. will save your children? You can work for food or for profit. Hmm. When you work for food, you have no ambition to work beyond it. Oh. All I want is food. As long as I get... Food on the table. Yes. A roof over my head. Mm -hmm. Don't we say that? Yeah. I am content. Mm. Well, God can't fight you <laughs> if you're content. Wow. He can't interfere. He can't force you. He can't insist. He can only try to reveal himself to you. And pray that that revelation of who he is is going to bring you out. The problem we have, like you said, mm -hmm. is that, and that's why I like making the statement, you cannot help the poor by becoming poor. Mm. And it will be quite a problem for God to tell us to help the poor to be poor. Do you realize he doesn't tell us to do that? No. When he tells us to help the poor, it's so that the poor can stop being poor. poor. And you see, that's why we are saying these are encounters of men with God, which they left a memorial so that we looking at them, there we can say, go. listen, I can tap into what this man did. But I can go beyond that and have yes. my own encounter with God. God has yes. not left, uh, given us limitation that you cannot go beyond here with me. In your generation, what is it that you're going to do so that people coming after you will say the acts of the apostles continues? Yes. Because when I look at your life, it's like you continued the next yeah. chapter. Yeah. And God is doing signs and wonders through you, which generations to come will look back and say, listen, because of you, the tree you planted, the, the tree you planted, yes. we can see it and say, our God is faithful. Our God is faithful yes. and his word yeah. is everlasting. You know one thing, yeah? you can't change mm -hmm. what someone has experienced. Yes. What they have seen, they can't unsee. Mm -hmm. What the enemy would have us do is to make sure some of the dimensions of God we have discussed are never visible. Because once a generation sees and experiences that God, oh, yes. you cannot change what they have mm -hmm. seen, yeah. what they have experienced. And that's why in the New Testament, the apostles, and, and, and Jesus says it, the apostles said, the things we have touched, mm -hmm. the things we have handled, yes. the things that we have experienced, you can't take away those things. Mm. It is impossible. Listen, you cannot, no amount of teaching, mm. preaching, screaming, can you come to me and prove to me God doesn't provide. Wow. I have lived it. Mm. I have seen God's provision. I've seen God's increase. Yes. I've seen God's expansion. Yes. I've seen God's ability to put what in my hands to be a blessing. You, I can't unsee it. I think for me, even with what you've said, <laughs> yeah. I can add Jehovah Rapha. Yes. We have seen healing, healing. where you know 
There's no I way. I cannot tell you at what point the pain went, but it went. Yes. I know. And it's not it's not the kind of pain where you're like, you know, I had a pain here, which was moving to this, which was, no, mm. no, no, no. It's where, you know, listen, I know what was happening. Yes. I know what the doctor said. Mm. I know what I felt. But you know what? I have seen yes. his hand in my life. Yes. I have seen healing. Therefore, when I read here and say that Jehovah is the Lord that heals, I know he heals. And like you're saying, yes. you cannot unsee. You cannot unsee what you <laughs> You cannot Listen, unsee. You see, now you reach the place where you can make the statement with confidence, the mm. Lord, my mm. healer. Mm. Not the Lord, the healer. Yes. My healer. My, because I have experienced. I have experienced. And there are many more words that uh, we are coming out. Now we yes. have Jehovah, Rafa. Those are nine yes. words so far. Yes. And I believe that when you hear a word, you should be asking yourself, that dimension of God, have I seen it? When there we talk go. about Jehovah, that he is our shepherd, yes. haven't you experienced it? We have. Where he leads you, yes. where he makes he you, he actually you. prepares a table for you yes. in the midst of your enemies. Yes. We have seen it. Absolutely. So sometimes I think when we talk, eh, somebody <laughs> thinks you guys are you you're forcing us to believe what yeah. you are telling us. You, you like insisting. No, <laughs> we like describing. <laughs> it's because we have seen this, uh -huh. and it is not something somebody can come and tell us, no, this is a message. This is not a preaching. I think you understand now when we tell you, guys, we're having conversations. Yes. But you know what? Our conversations are, are birthed out of things we have seen, we have touched, we have experienced, and by the way, you cannot unsee. You can't unsee. We know he Let me is. tell you. It brings to reference yeah. the, the, the famous story in the New Testament. Yeah. The guy who Jesus, the guy who Jesus opened his eyes. Yes. If you remember prior to that conversation, the conversation even with his own disciples yeah. was, "What made him this? Is it the sin in his family? Is mm. it?" Jesus said, "Forget all that. Stop looking for a reason. Mm. The issue that is important now is that this is a, an opportunity, and I'm paraphrasing, for God to be revealed. Mm -hmm. That the glory of the Lord may Maybe. be seen." To be revealed. That is why. Once the eye yeah. was opened. Yeah. When you come to the man later to give him stories, yeah, the can't, you my can't friend. change it. He tells you, listen, those things you tell me, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Let me tell you what I know. Mm. Otherwise, let mm. me tell you what I've touched, yes. what I've experienced, mm. my history, my present, my future, which you cannot unsee. <laughs> you cannot remove it from me. Yes. And I don't care how sophisticated you are. Because the Pharisees were telling him, Jesus is a sinner. Jesus is this. Jesus is that. He said, listen. That's your own. Yes. My own. Mm -hmm. I was blind. Mm -hmm. Now I see. Can we talk about that one? That's what that was the end we of the story. need to experience in this season. That's it. Where we say, I know where I'm coming from. It is not my family nah. inheritance. Nah. It is not a connection with nah. men. It is not my education. Yeah. It is not because I am so bright, I have done so well <laughs> before. It is not because I know how to work out my papers. It is because there's a God in heaven who has touched my life. And yes. I can tell you the difference between who I was and who I am. <laughs> and I can tell you it is not men. Absolutely. That is where we are going. A place where we cannot just explain God. <laughs> But we have experienced him, therefore we note it down for generations to come. So, Our children yeah. will know. Yes. This God we are talking about, he's not in the Bible. We've taken him out. We've taken the promises out and yes. we are leaving them. So in other terms, yeah. we have yes. additional names of God. Yes. That we have created by our experience. Yeah. God the transformer. <laughs> yes. You can't argue with me on that. Mm. I know the transformation mm. in our lives. Yeah. I've seen the movement, I've seen the barriers broken, I've seen the shift. Yeah. I can add to that list mm. from a personal experience. And that is why you'll always hear saying one thing. Guys, heaven is looking for someone who will dare and say, I want to see this scripture become a reality in my life. If God says, if you heed 
to my word diligently That's follow it. it this will happen my That's friend it. follow that word let's come to a place of telling god my friend i have followed this thing and nothing is happening in my life make no that what? demand prove it we know heaven will always Yep. back you up. So as we continue talking about the names of God, let's know one thing. Men have called it the names of God. We know they are called the experiences of men with God. Yes. And we are going to leave that reality. And men around us will say, I have seen that surely he is a healer. Surely he is a protector. Surely to you, he has sh shown you he's a shepherd. Yes. We've seen through your life. Alright? God bless you. Thank you for watching this episode of the Kingdom Conversations. The big question remains, what have you heard? And what are you going to do about it? Keep tracking with us, like and follow us on our social media handles, The Cyrus Community on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. You can send in your questions through Facebook or use the email on your screen. And as Micah 4.4 says, May you be found seated under your vine and under your fig tree. Until our next episode, keep it kingdom, keep it pure.